Here we are for the uh, RSP2. RSPETC. Tell me what you mean to me. I think we're looking at a March 6th? 5th? I'm going ahead. You're in the future. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like in the future? Well, it's, it's always bright in my world. Well, you're, you're the eternal optimist. Okay. Tell me the Gloria Allred story. The yeah. eternal optimist, Gloria Allred. So, we're doing this job over. And um, what kind of job? A retrofit for HVAC, and it's um, basically we have to demo out all the existing piping, and then reinstall new piping while causing minimal damage to everybody's condominiums. Okay. And you know the system that we're installing. With the work that I do is it's pretty cool. It's really low energy, so it's really efficient, cost efficient um, heating and cooling. And these systems are rad because they do both heating and cooling in one system, and they minimize um, the space that requires for you to do this. Where like a typical job will take like a big cooling tower and a chiller and a boiler with pumps and they draw like tons of power and you know about amperage because you know your trades electrician um these these systems they operate the fan coil operates on half an amp so it's just super efficient and then they take the refrigerant and it you know hold on you, let me stop you <laughs> super technical I don't mean to get technical. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. don't even know that much. About I know, but it. you do. You're like you're you're blowing my. I'm like I'm a tradesman. Like I do electrical, and I'm like I'm just imagining someone listening to this that does no idea what you're talking about. So I'll stop. So okay, going back so to the you retrofit. Were, just tell 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 the story like you're telling it to someone who has no idea what you're fucking talking about. I would have kept going with what I was saying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you look Super, one I would have lost him. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Okay, so so Gloria Allred, dude, tell right. it as if you're telling to someone who has no idea what you're talking about, like what you okay. fucking do. So, stupid terms. You're on a job. Basically, uh, you have a unit that is puts out. No, too technical. Just what is the scope of work? What are you trying to do for the work? Um, we are trying to install these units while minimizing the damage to their existing housing. What kind of units? Um, air conditioning units. Okay. So you have, there's a homeowner and the homeowner wants to cool their place off and they have to replace the old system with a new system. Yep. Okay. And so you're hired to replace the old system with a new system. Correct. Okay. And, um, so... Gloria Allred lived at this place that we were working at. I don't want to say the name because I don't want anything to She's be... more good. She could listen. Yeah. Um, and I really do like this lady. She's a very sweet, kind lady. Um, so I got the opportunity to meet with her and, you know, had to discuss what was going to go on in her unit or units, plural. Um, yeah, you got her, her housing. You got her units. <laughs> um, so... As we're going through, I'm, I'm explaining to her, hey, you know, like, we're going to have to do here. I'm like, you know, the, the bad news is, I go, we got good news, bad news. 
I go, what do you want to hear first? And she's like, tell me the bad news. She's like, well, the bad news is that we're going to have to open up the ceiling. I'm like, but the good news is, is that because of that, we are going to have to repaint all the ceiling from this end to this end so that it matches and it looks nice. So you get a whole fresh coat of paint right here and you're going to have a nice looking grill and everything's going to look really good and it's going to shine. Not that it needed it, but you're going to get that as an added bonus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, she like stopped as we're walking through her whole place. She like looked at me and she goes, you are an eternal optimist. She's like, that's a very unique characteristic. And I was like, well, thank you. She's like, yeah. She's like, there's not very many people that have that, you know, type of uh, perspective. Perspective. And I was like, I, I appreciate that. Really, I do. You know, she's like, no, it's a good quality. And then that was my Gloria Allred story of the eternal optimist. Yeah. And, uh, I told you the story and it has stuck with uh, us for... Long time. For well, when time. It, whenever whenever things are going bad, right, on the golf course or in life, or like, it's just Gloria Allred, dude. Yeah. You know? And, and it puts it all in perspective real quick, like, just with that, so... But thank you for that, Gloria, if you're listening, if you ever hear this. Yeah, don't um, sue us. She'll... <laughs> well, <laughs> please don't. Yeah. Send a, send an email to HR. Okay, but <laughs> the point is, is that... But it, it's about perspective. Because Gloria Allred, in the popular culture, like this uber-feminist lawyer chick, right? Uh-huh. Who is not necessarily viewed as, like, a, a positive person. Right, I'm, but that's just her profession. Right, but that's that's her profession. But I, okay, but sometimes how people are viewed publicly and how they are actually personally are completely different. Is that fair? I don't know. I don't know. I, but I think that goes into the the. Well, that but that's what I love about the story. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 you're good. But the, but that's what I love about the story of Gloria Allred. Because in my mind, she's like this person that takes these cases and argues for like these frivolous thing. in my opinion, frivolous, right? Like sticking up for things and like sticking it to the man and being like this uber like feminazi type person, right? Which mm-hmm. may or may not be fair. But for you to have this interaction with her and for her to call you an eternal optimist is is like i think it's it's just it says so much about perspective and how we view people how we view strangers and you know well i mean i don't even know you know one can take something that someone says just like a text right and you could take it totally the wrong way yes and even the way that someone says something you could take it the wrong way maybe it was their tone maybe it was how they said it I mean, mm-hmm. everything can be so easily taken the wrong way, right? But it's your perspective. So even her telling me, hey, you know, like, you're an eternal optimist, you know, like, I could have taken that the wrong way. You know, what What am I, daydreamer? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you think? I live in, you know, fantasy world? Yeah, what am you I, know? some kind of hippie? Um, you know, just, but I didn't. I I took it, and I, I took it for what I thought it was. It was I thought it was a positive outlook. I thought it was a different perspective and it was something that kind of gave me a little bit more drive like to be that type of a person because somebody gave me a you know a compliment a compliment 
Yeah. It was a Coleman. And it it has changed me and my perspective since that day. So So it's a good thing. Okay, so I this kind of goes into something that I've thought about for a long time. Like is it more important what actually happens or what people think about what happened? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because it's perspective, right? So right. It, it depends on the on the on the person's perspective. Yeah. I don't know cuz it it kind of goes into like history for me. Mm-hmm. So like with history, you know, we we only like especially history that's not on video mm-hmm. or recorded or, you know, what have you that's just within written sources, right? Like say take Abraham Lincoln or or something, right? We don't have video of Abraham Lincoln. We don't have we have pictures, we have all this stuff. We only have written words. And so historians now present a picture based on the evidence of, of what Abraham Lincoln meant, right? Maybe they're wrong. Like, may, like. Okay, well, elaborate on that for me because myself, I'm not like a history person. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really remember a lot of stuff. Okay, is back there. So when you're saying that, you know, people remember him, enlighten me. Because what I know of Abraham Lincoln is that he tried to free slaves. Right. But he also, in my opinion, was the most hated president of all time. Case in point. He got elected as president. So what was he hated for? Because... well, he but he was he was hated by Americans, right? Yeah. He, okay, and so the South, when once Abraham Lincoln got elected, South Carolina essentially was like, "Fuck you, I'm out of the Union. You're not my president. We're leaving. We're starting our own country. This is America, right?" At the time, South Carolina was going to start their own country. South Carolina said, "Fuck you." You're not telling us what to do. We're leaving. Right? And so they, they started bombing um, Fort Sumter. Okay? And then after that, it was like Georgia, Alabama, Texas. The whole South secedes from the Union. They essentially say, we are no longer part of the United States of America. We're going to form our own fucking country. And you're not going to tell us what to do. We are now the Confederate States of America. Right. Mm -hmm. So just by the the election of Abraham Lincoln, before he ever gets into office and even implements anything or signs an executive order or signs a bill or gives a speech, the union is split in two. So automatically, he's already the divisive, the most divisive president of all time. Even before he gets to give a speech. Right? And so, but history tells us, in hindsight, after the Civil War, he was a great president because he freed the slaves with the Emancipation Proclamation. He gave the Gettysburg Address. You know, he he ended up getting assassinated, which even even more makes him more of a, a, a martyr for the cause. Right? But historical perspective tells us that, like, oh, Abraham Lincoln was a great president. But at the time, half of America hated him so much that they said 
we're gonna fucking raise an army and we're gonna fucking fight you to the death so that you will not be able to implement the things that you want to do right so that like to me that that's like that's history in a nutshell like when we look back on it now even someone who doesn't know anything about history has never studied it and be like abraham Lincoln, you know like it's a good dude but like even now in 2021 in march right people are trying to cancel abraham lincoln because things he said about slaves you know and he was he was like a person of his time he he was progressive for his time but do you think that people nowadays have lost the perspective of what it was like back then and they're turning it into today's perspective so it's a completely like disillusioned idea of what is history yes like that's a problem it's 100 percent a problem it's like any time like (laughs) studying history like getting my master's degree in long beach right it's like it it wasn't it was it wasn't always about the nuts and bolts of history like the the battles or the presidents or this and that it was about perspective And, and like the most important thing i learned as a historian was something that came from the Germans. It was called the the Stützenleben, which means the context of the times, right? It's like, don't make the mistake of looking at history, of looking at Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or Julius Caesar or, you know, anything, anything in the past. Do not make the mistake of looking at that event with your own biases of the present you have to put yourself in the perspective of the times yes so a good a good historian doesn't write it as if they're writing history from like you know well he he was a white man and he was you know and he treated women like shit it's like those ideas weren't even present back then right so this gets back to the whole question is it more important what happened or how people view it right and and history has a lot to do with that. Well, the I think the question is is not only how people view it, what time are they viewing it from? Are they viewing it from the present time or the actual time? Because judging by what you're saying, right, and me not knowing history, but I'm just using with what mm-hmm. working with what you have told me. There was a small group of people or a large group of people. I don't know the numbers that were against what he was doing. But there was obviously a large group of people or a small group of people that were with what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's something that's constantly um, present. It doesn't matter what time era. Yeah. It There's just different controversies. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, so obviously... In that situation, the majority was to free the slaves. Like, it's hard to put majorities on it, but most people, like, even Abraham Lincoln wasn't like, we need to free the slaves. His number one goal after he got elected was like, we need to keep the United States together. It's like, you, you can't dissolve from the Union. You can't leave us. It was like a marriage, right? And there was, divorce was not possible in Abraham Lincoln's mind, right? He's like, no, 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 we got married in 1776 and then later in 1789 with the Constitution. And we are married for all time. And
and you can't leave. You may want to because you disagree about you disagree about you know slavery and property and all these things, which which are which are significant and moral, and and very complex issues at the time. Right. I figured I was going, <laughs> but majority. Well, he was married at the. We, the United we States, yeah, the United States was married, and they said, and he, and he's like, my goal as the president is to keep the union together, and so you can't secede. So you're you're not even recognized as a, a, a separate country, even though they made their own constitution, made their own Congress, had their own president, and had their own money, and had their own their own army and their own system of of society. He's like he's like, yeah, I don't care about that. You, you fucking, you know, you guys are playing games. You're a belligerent. So, going back to your question, though. Is the perspective of the present or the past? Or is it both? Because I think what we are living with is a disillusioned perspective. Right. Because I, but I think what we're living with now is, is we've lost that ability just to ask that question is like what's more important well, i think that we've lost the ability to put ourselves in a different environment we're only living in the present and within ourselves right you can't even look in to see how someone else is feeling it's me 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 right well it, because it's it's become like they're we've gotten rid of of so many foundations in society history religion you know culture every everything's being everything's shut. canceled out yeah, most things, like certain things are being canceled out, right? And there's becoming one specific way to view the world. So there's one specific perspective, right? In popular culture. So we, we initially are living in a cancel culture. Right now we are, yeah. But maybe we always were. <clears throat> I mean... But just back in the past when people wanted to cancel each other... They would just pick up a gun. They fucking shoot you. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? If like back in the day in the United States, for example, like the the times that we're having, I don't think that they were just initially gonna go shoot you. I mean, they would tell you, hey, like you know, get off my property, or I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. But you're dealing you're dealing with people, right? And people are people are irrational. People are people are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Well, um, nowadays, right, we live in a society where people can go steal all your stuff, and if they don't take a certain amount of money, they're not even going to get it prosecuted. Right? So that kind of just gives them a green light to just keep stealing a bunch of petty stuff. Right. Under a certain amount of money. Right. And that's, and that's kind of frustrating. Well, it's super frustrating because, in my opinion, from what I've studied, I think that's by design from you know, intellectual leftist people who want to get rid of the idea of of private property. Right? Okay, well then what's the point of working? Uh, well, like for for me personally, the point of working No no no. Um uh, just answer the question. In that in that in like from With the that left respect. From the leftist if perspective. Everything is common property, what is the point of working? We don't have a reason to work. 
So that's setting up a system to fail because no, if you okay. have a bunch of people that aren't working, but they're getting a bunch of free stuff. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. The purpose of working in that perspective is to lift everyone up and to hold things in common. So I'm supposed to pick up Joe Schmo over there that doesn't want to work. So I work extra hard just for him. Not only not ju- not only just for him, but his for, family, but for the community, right? I mean, but isn't isn't that kind of what like what? Cri- I got no problem helping those that are down and out, dude. But I'm not gonna go carry somebody that doesn't have any drive to do something better for himself. Yes. I, well, why should I? But okay, let me let, be giving more to my family or my friends. Let let's take it back to like biblical things or like Christianity. What what did Jesus love thy neighbor? Sure, it doesn't mean I don't love them. The meek shall inherit the earth, right? I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's cool. It's, I'm listening. It's hard for me to argue this point because because I agree with you, but you but I I think a lot of what's going on now too nowadays is that the we oversimplify the alternate the the other side, right? We take what other people will think is like. And, and simplify it into a way that it's easy to demonize and belittle, right? So the, the people who are saying, like, you need to work hard and you need to, to, you need to build a life for yourself and have private property and have your home, and that's good, and you made it. And now that you've made it, you have an obligation to make sure that other people make it too. No, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit, dude. I don't have an obligation for fucking somebody to, to try to get make themselves better. I don't have an obligation to that. Well, I... It's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Now you're telling me that I have an obligation to make that horse fucking drink water. As a good human. As no, a, as a at, good human, dude, that person has, that horse has to drink the water themselves. I know, but see, but like, because as, it, the only other thing, right, is that the doctor, you could sedate them and then force them to live on a, on a machine that is just at your will. And then guess what? When the time comes that we run out of power and the machine stops, that person dies. No, dude, the person has to have, have the will to live. I agree. But I'm just saying that I'm. I know, but but it's like okay. So then maybe maybe I'm I, I'm coming at this from the wrong way. How can I do this? Um, so there there's billionaires and there's millionaires, right? And they have a billionaire has ten homes, right? They don't need those ten homes, right? Right. And so, why not as as the government? is concerned as society is concerned why should why should one person have 10 mansions while 10,000 people don't have anything why not tax the shit out of that person and redistribute that wealth so that the people who are on the streets can have at least the most basic mode of existing. Well, I think, I mean, and here's, here's my problem, right? Is that I'm just not that 
familiar with all the programs that are set up for the homeless and those that are, you know, don't have food and everything else. And I realize that that is a huge problem. I mean, if you come to California and you drive in any large city, you're going to see that homelessness is a huge issue. Yeah. And it's sad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, dude, my heart aches. I, I look at these people. I, The problem is, is that we have set up these camps and they don't want to get help mostly because a high percentage of them are on drugs and they just want to live for free. Right? And then they get handouts from people that feel bad for them and I totally understand that because I'm guilty of it. You know? And who isn't, right? Like, you know, I, I especially applaud the guys that are like straight up, they're like, can I get a couple bucks because I want to buy a beer? You know? And his sign is very compelling. At least you're honest. You're not telling me you want food. Yeah. You know, like, I get it, man. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at that problem and uh, they don't, not all of them want help. Then you, you got, you know, percentages of, of veterans that that's heartbreaking. Those yeah. are men and women that have served, put their lives on the line for our country that are totally being dishonored. They're totally being treated poorly. Yeah. That really need medical attention. Yeah, or psychological. The, medical, right. right? That's part of medical to yeah. me. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But, you know, and, and we need to help them. We, we don't need to wait for their help. We need to, those are the people that we need help. Because half of them didn't have problems before they went in. They had the problems when they came out. Yeah. I don't, it, I don't know, it's tough. Like it, like you said, it's like you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. No, it's but like, you're you're playing as devil's advocate, right? And you're saying these extreme leftists want to go ahead and make everybody equal, dude. Start with them, start with the veterans. They're the ones that need the help the most. Then trickle down to the rest of the people. Let's get the veterans off the street and and get them help and get them a job. And guess what? We can get them serving food to some of the homeless. You yeah. know? Yeah. But they need they need to have they need to have a house. They need to have insurance. They need to have. The medical attention they deserve. If the VA is the problem, then we need to get down to the VA and we need to figure out what the problem is. Yeah. You know, and our government needs to give them more money so that they can get started with their families and do everything right. It's not fair. Right. But see, that that's the thing where, where it becomes difficult because once, in my opinion, once you get the government involved in trying to save people. But you're not saving somebody that's working. They put their lives. They did a time. They did a job. I know, but but okay. So, so they're not. They're not. You're not saving them. I know, but you're. But you have to. You have to have the opportunities, or or the, the places where those people can go to get help. Some people don't want to be helped. Right. It's like you said. Yeah, but they have all these special task force, right? The homeless task force and all these. I know, but e- but even then, like they they spend five million dollars or five billion dollars in in Los Angeles County to help the homeless to to save like a hundred people. What's the return on investment for taxpayer money? Uh, I think you're bringing up the wrong county. Well, just for you know California. I get it. I mean, San Francisco is the same way, right? But you had, if you look back into New York, New York had a big problem. Mayor Giuliani cleaned the streets. He made it way better, dude. Because I lived in New York for a while. Right, but he cracked. I he, saw it. He cracked down, and he he used what was called like the it's called the um the broken window theory of justice, right? If someone breaks a window, you go get that person for sure, and you arrest them because once once people realize they can break windows, 
then then they can break down doors. Once they can break down doors, they can steal property. Once they sell property, they can steal cars. That? I don't disagree with that at all. I, I'm like I'm I'm a very that goes back to the same statement of the people that steal shit, and they get away with it. Right, but and then so but why are we? But we live in a time where they want to defund police. They want to take away from from everybody to give to anybody that doesn't deserve it. And that goes back to them just making everybody equal. I'm sorry, dude, but I go to work every single day, and I, I work, and I, I don't need to give my paycheck to somebody who's undeserving of it. And what justifies it? I don't know. The fact that I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to work. I believe And you me. were sleeping until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, rolled out of bed, grabbed a 12-pack you know, of beer and drank it or shot up meth or did heroin, whatever your fetish is. Then there's the ones that generally need to try to find work. You know, and they can't get a clean shower and they can't get a clean shave so they don't look appropriate. Dude, they could go to a shelter. I mean, the shelters are open for them. Yeah. But there's something holding them back, right? So what what's missing? Where's the missing connection? I think I think the missing connection is is cultural or I think it's the fact that they they know that they're going to get a free handout. I don't know. Because they're trying I, to make everything equal. I don't know. I, I I'm trying to be fair to the thing because I want to I want to assume that everyone has has worth as an individual right and some people get so far behind that they can't get caught up whether or not they're a veteran or they they've been a victim of sexual abuse or drug abuse or or come from a broken home or didn't have the opportunities that certain people have regardless of race and class it's like there there's something broken there's some sort of uh inequality to the system no i'm not saying it, it's a system i don't like i don't like that that word system i don't believe in systems i, I think it's, it's cultural i think that well, I what, broaden that broaden broaden on that statement i want you to go a little bit more in depth with that because i think that needs to be defined which part the part of you saying that you know it starts cultural Culture is the thing that, okay, that, that, that is a very legitimate question and it deserves an answer because culture gets thrown a lot. In my opinion, and from what I've studied, culture is the underlying symbols and agreed upon sacred things in a society that people agree on like sports is cultural like the way the way families are oriented is cultural it, it it's super hard to well that's what kind of want to i wanted a little uh definition to it because the way i look at it you're saying cultural and i'm like i'm thinking okay well i was raised in a culture where my mom worked and my dad worked right my dad was blue collar electrician yeah. And he was a veteran. And, you know, all the stuff that he went through as a veteran and still managed to raise a family, hold down a job, buy a house, get a wife, have two kids, you know. And then my mom worked on the side cleaning houses and making ends meet on that end. Right. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. So, 
So as you want to talk about cultural family, like I learned, work super hard. Hard work. Period. Individual. Know, take care of your out. own. Yeah. Take care of your business. That that that's a cultural thing, right? That that's that's cultural that comes from like you know from what you'd call like you know the Protestant work ethic or the or the the Western Judeo Christian work ethic is like work hard, sacrifice the present for the future. You work hard now so that in the future you can have a better life. I would say that's pretty accurate, but he also my dad, when I say he Made sure that we did family trips. Made sure that we did family vacations. And family, family was an essential part of that. Being being responsible for your children. Being responsible for those around you. Not just your children, but your neighbors. Your friends. Making sure that people were safe and had a good life. And that you were providing an environment where people could thrive and do better. Okay, right? So that's the culture that you're speaking of. That's 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 a part of the culture. The Amer- American culture is weird because it, it's a melting pot. Right? There's many different cultures going on. We have immigrants coming in all the time. We have we have our national culture of the, you know, the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Right? And and the Constitution and all this like well, America is founded as a melting pot, right? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a bunch of immigrants. You have people that came over here on a boat. They were immigrants to begin with. Right. Took over the natives that were Indians. But now, see, but now now the thing, what you have is is that people are looking at that, what we're talking about, and they're saying, is like, yeah, they're, sure, your parents came over here on a boat, and, and your parents were immigrants, but they were white, and they were able to get a job, and they were able to blend in, and they were able to hide their accent, but they were but they were able to My work. Mom still can't hide her accent. <laughs> I know, but but she can. And she she's can. Been she here can, for, she's been here longer than she was in. Spain. I know, but she can blend in with her face. She can bend, blend in with her skin color, right? I don't know. I cause see, I wasn't raised like that. I know, but uh, that but that but I'm I'm just trying to explain why why there is this disconnect as as best I can understand. Is that so? Some people. So you're saying that there's some cultures out there that hold a grudge to the that. Well, or there's there's people who look at this differently to that. There's people who have very valid claims that you know, like your America, the way you experience it, is not the way my family and my people have experienced America. That, that's a valid critique on this experiment known as the United States of America. It's valid. Right? Yeah, I, I do think that that's a great sentence. The experiment of the United States of America. That's actually a beautiful Well, it is. But I it, get it. I know, but I really do like that. Because you put it in context right there. Because that, that's what it is, right? And, and the whole... Definitely is. The whole idea, like, people get mad at, like, American, like, America wasn't exceptional. It's never been exceptional. It's like, fine. The idea of America is exceptional. And the idea in a perfect vacuum, right, where there's no context and there's no people and there's no culture and there's no anything is like, people are, all men are created equal. All men and women are created equal, right? 
born with certain rights. And those rights don't come from the fucking government. They don't come from the fucking king of England. They don't come from the king of fucking Egypt. They don't come from the president of the United States. You're fucking born with those rights. Right? That's that's a great idea. That's that's what makes America exceptional. And that was written while there were slaves. Right. And so and so that's the thing that we're still going through as as now, Americans. Let me ask you this because you're a historian and you understand history and I do not. Okay. In the time that there were slaves, were there obviously there was black slaves. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously there was Asian slaves. Yeah, to more or less, yeah. Right? Were there white slaves? At first, yeah. I mean indentured servants there were slaves. But that's slavery itself was something that was existent in every society. Right? It it like whether like in Ireland you had you had Irish enslaving poor Irish, right? In you in, right. in every in every society you had people enslaving people. Now, I asked you this question as a precursor to this question. Could one, in a perspective, which we were discussing earlier, mm-hmm. right? Your perspective. Could the perspective possibly be? That slaves were just people that were stuck, forced to work for somebody for a living, and they were just deemed slaves. No, I I, I think in a, in a certain context you could look at it that way, but it it started to take on a a racial aspect to where after after the United States was founded. There wasn't really, I mean, maybe a handful or a, a couple hundred white slaves that you could find, right? It was predominantly black then. Yes, and it was predominantly in the South. So it, it took on a racial aspect. Why do you think that? Because, as crude, because it was, it was simple. It, it was just, it was black and white. It, it was easy for people in the past to go... Well, they look completely different from us. They're, they are black, we are white, and so there's a difference, right? And so therefore, these black people are not like us. And so they must be less than human. And it's terrible, like that's what, that was the viewpoint. It goes into like evolutionary theory, right? Like Darwin. Like everyone's like, oh, science, we gotta trust the science, gotta trust the science. Science fucking foundationalized racism, right? Because if you're if if people in that time that were all about science and all about the alignment were looking at race, and they were saying like, there must be a reason why we in England and we in Europe, all these white people have these cities, and we have all this art, and we have these boats, and we have these guns, and we have, you know all this money and this gold and we have this culture and we go into Africa and we go there and they don't have these buildings and they don't have these boats and they don't have these guns. 
So scientifically looking at it, they're like, well, there must be a difference. We are clearly, in in their own viewpoint, we are clearly superior to them because of all these objective markers. Right? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't... I'm not saying this is correct. No, I know you're not. I I know you're not. You're. I know. You're I'm just. I'm trying to historically. I, I'm. I'm trying to explain it so like people don't like. Are oh, you fucking racist? Like. No. But but that that is that is how it happened. And then Darwin comes up with evolution, right? And so when Darwin comes up with Darwin comes up with evolution. Darwin. 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 Oh my Darwin. Oh my Darwin. <laughs> right. So then people take that theory, and they go, well, there must be social evolution there must be racial evolution there must be cultural evolution so we as scientists right because science science is this great fucking thing that's going to save the world we as scientists we can say well we live in stone houses and they live in shacks in the desert or the jungle so, objectively speaking, we can say, materially, that we are superior. And therefore, these people are, are, <laughs> are way down on the evolutionary, on the racial evolution, on the culture evolution, on the so- social evolutionary scale. And that's how they, they justified it scientifically. Right? And which is which is terrible, but that's just the way it, that's just the way they fucking looked at it. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because you know, the United States experiment, mm-hmm. right? And then now we're following science, and the best thing about science is it's all just an experiment. Well, yeah, it's the hypothesis, right? And right. so, so you make a hypothesis, but okay, so that but that's where you bring philo- like the United States of America, the experiment known as the United States of America is based on philosophy. Okay. Right? And the, the philosophy behind it goes goes back to, to Socrates and Jesus and the Roman times and then seeing the Middle Ages and then and then getting these cats like Thomas Paine and the English like empiricists and being like, yo, all people are created equal. We don't we like there is no divine right of kings. No king can tell anyone what to do because they're just a man. No one can claim they're descended from God. If you believe in Christ, there's only one Christ. Right? Yeah. And you're not him. <laughs> right? So fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. And I, as a person, and any person, has a right to their home and their property and their family right so so the the philosophy of the united states of america and the thing that allowed for it to exist was based on private property which going back to what we're talking about wants to be taken away because everything should be common property yes okay but but make it full circle yet not really, because at the at the same time, while the philosophy, while the idea of America was existing, you had this other this other 
philosophy of racial and social evolution to where people could be subjugated and enslaved based on what they called scientific properties that, yeah, all men are created equal. You know, white men, wink, wink, not women, wink, wink, right? But but that's but that's that's the knock on what America means, and and you and you have to you have to be able to defend it, and you have to be able to explain it, and you cannot say that slavery didn't happen, and you cannot say that these things didn't happen, right? Well, I don't think anybody who knows a little bit about history can say that slavery didn't happen. I mean, I don't know that much about history, but I know that slavery happened. Right, but as it, it but it, like, th- this goes back to the original question. Is it more important what happened or is it more important what people think happened? Right? So in, in my view of what I see going on in, in popular culture and society is that we're, we're focusing on the negative things and they're real and it's history. And you can document it, and you can make documentaries about it, and you can make movies, and you can write books, and you can and you can fill up classrooms, and you can get a whole education on the negative shit of the world, and on the negative shit of Western society, and on the negative shit of the United States. Okay. But it's only half of the slice. It's only a quarter of the slice. At the same time, while all these things were going on, like people were being enslaved, women didn't have property, all these things. There were people in the United States that were fighting for the slaves to be free, that were fighting for women to have rights, Uh that were fighting for the true values of Americans, the idea, the experiment. So where are those patriots in the history books? They're there. They are there, right? And they weren't perfect because no one is perfect, right? Is that Harriet Tubman? Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, but there's even like... um, What's the guy? Uh, there, there was there, I can't think of their names right now, but they were abolitionists, you know, in Boston, right? There, there's a reason there was a, a divide between the North and the South, and it's like the the story of the United States is not just slavery; it is a part of the story. There was people that were trying to end slavery. Well, I think the story of the United States is, and this is. Again, from a non-historian perspective, has been the land of the free, home of the brave. To those, but okay, and and to be to be devil's advocate to those who were free and those who were allowed to be brave. Well, not knowing enough to say yes or no, but my understanding of what you're telling me that maybe people that didn't have light skin weren't able to get the property because from from what I understand is there was a point in time where they were giving away land and you just had to go there to get it but in order to get that land did you have to be white or were they just giving it away essentially yes <laughs> so that's crazy i mean that 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 is that's something i didn't know right i mean it was it was like there's some really fascinating books on like on how whiteness even came to be a thing right like when even in the early 1900s when when irish people or italians like probably your grandparents came on the boat they weren't white 
Well, the Irish hated the Italians. Right? So there was all these ethnic groups, right? They weren't they weren't white wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, right? They weren't they weren't of Germanic Anglo-Saxon descent from England, right? So people from people from Italy came and they're like, "Fuck you, you wop." Or you fucking spick, or like a fucking an Irish person. I think like, I think that the Italians were the wops, right? But as I'm saying, like whopper spick, like that's that's an Italian slur, right? And and then so the the Irish came and they were like the <laughs> they were like the black people of Europe, in essence, right? And they weren't white yet. It took America to make those people white in the northern industrial societies to where Italians and Irish and Russians and all these people came together and they all spoke a different language and they all traveled here and they were all in the factories and they're like oh like they were all fighting together and it was, it's like it's it's just so stupid but it's like a basic thing there's like well we all kind of look alike and we don't look like these motherfuckers over here these black people and so even though you're Irish and I'm Italian and you're Russian and you're English and you're German we all kind of have a certain thing going for us our white skin and we can all kind of play the game of America and we can make sure that we have our jobs and we have our homes and we can take care of our kids and these people who are clearly not of the same race as us we can kick them out now i'm not like a doctor or any type of medical background but i'm pretty sure that races were all the same race right human right but that's that's a very spiritual thing like so what i've been is it spiritual I, I mean it's realistic no it is it's scientific it's genetic like it, it, it really is like there's no difference between the races but I'm just saying like how I, I, that's the part that blows my mind right but because the whole argument like oh we gotta trust the science we gotta, we gotta do this is like it's not scientific it's political and it's ideological right okay but now go let's go back Take and I don't want to go back in a bad way, but I, I do want to go back to this. It's the cultural aspect. Now, do you think problems of uh, what we encounter right now are part of the cultural issues? I think so. I think I think it has to do with what with what the be- the best definition of culture that I can like pin down easily is what people hold sacred. Right? In in your family, for example, you were saying your dad held hard work taking care of his family. You know, as sacred. And going to church. And going to church, a religion, right? And that's a whole another thing, religion. That's like that's a big part of it, right? That's sacred. In, in in like in today's day and age where if you're holding material things sacred if you're holding making money if you're holding you know how sexy you are or how you look or what kind of car you drive or what have you 
or you know like being a baller being whatever like totally totally square talking right now but like if that's what a culture holds sacred those are not lasting things those are not generational things those are right now things it's like i want to be i want to be the biggest baller i want to have the most fucking money i want it now and i don't give a shit about what it takes to get it hmm. it sounds like a song <laughs> like this but that that's cultural right hmm. so it's a brainwashed society I'm not saying it's, but it's, but it's always been a brainwashed society. That that's like that's like Plato's cave, right? Going back to ancient times, like when Plato was writing through the mouth of Socrates back in you know 300 years before Jesus, so 2,300 years ago, he basically made this analogy of the cave. He's like, okay, imagine a cave. You go down in the cave and there's a bunch of people and they all, they all have their hands bound and they all have their legs bound to where they can't move. And they're all forced to look a certain direction. They're all forced to look at a screen. And on this screen, there's shadows. And on the shadows is, is life and family and cars and the news and in America and Europe and and whatever and birds and trees every single thing you can think of is this representation of what life is and everyone's just looking at it and all they're looking at is the representations the symbols of society right and behind all those people the thousands and thousands and masses of people are people that are holding up signs and they're the ones who are projecting the images onto the screen that the people look at. Right? And so Plato's whole thing was like, or Socrates' thing was like, if, if you want to be a philosopher, if you want to be someone who can break away from the chains of society, and this is 2,300 years ago, right? And the same fucking thing is going on now, in my opinion. The same fucking thing. Only now we're not in a cave. We're just looking at screens, right? If you want to break away You're from You're in it, a cave. Right. It's a, it's just a smaller cave. Well, I know we're in a fucking... No, but you, you, we're creating the cave. Mm-hmm. We're living in a bubble. But it's always been... But my point is it's always been a bubble and it's always been a cave. And it's always been representations of ideas, right? And so if you want to be a philosopher... If you want to be someone who is enlightened or woke, so to speak, you don't look at the representations, the shadows on the wall. You have to break free from those chains and get out of the cave and get away from the screen and go out and to find the original ideas. The things that are not only making the representations and the shadows and the things that are meant to be shown but the things behind that, the truth of the element, the, uh, the the reality of the elements, the reality behind the things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I mean, but just, it makes sense to me, but I guess it maybe not to 
Well, no, but the, but even like every 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 philosopher or or religious person or like anyone who's ever had any kind of sway has eventually been killed, and they've all kind of said the same thing. Whether it was Socrates or Jesus or you know Gandhi or or anybody who said like the thing the things Abraham you, Lincoln Abraham Lincoln the things you see are not real. Pick your head out off the fucking phone. Take your head out of the fucking TV. Get your ass out of the fucking cave. And go dig deeper. And go search for the light. For the true fucking meaning of the world. And all those cats had the same fucking messages. Like, look, we're all the same. There's a deeper truth and a deeper understanding to the world. Other than what you are being shown. Now, that's very important to recognize, right? But here's the problem. What do you do when everything you're looking for is being censored? Right, you're okay. Being geared towards that viewpoint. This this goes back this goes back to Plato's cave too, because Plato said this. He's like he's like, Okay, and then imagine that you actually break free of those chains and you quit looking at the screen and you quit looking at the cave wall, right? And you actually get free. And you scurry your ass up the cave and you go out into the sunlight and you see the trees and you see the sunlight and you see all these things and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. The world is beautiful. Yeah. This this is the most amazing and spiritual and magnificent fucking thing in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And you see all that. And then you go down and you go back into the cave and you try and tell your friends and you try and tell people. You go like, hey, I gotta show you something. Like, you gotta come see this, man. You gotta come. Like, I just went up this fucking rabbit hole, and I was out here, and I saw this light, and I, and they're just like, you're fucking crazy, bro. I like my chains. I like the fucking pictures. I want to look at the fucking cave wall. I don't want to hear what you gotta say. Fuck you. I get, I get, I get, you know, I get fed food. I get my water, and I get my little movies and my little pictures on the wall. I'm not going out there. I don't know what's out there. You're fucking crazy. You're not like everyone else. Right? That was that was the whole fucking metaphor. And it's like and and that's what Plato said. He's like, look, anybody who tries to break free from the chains, anybody that tries to go look for the truth, you're gonna you're gonna be a lonely motherfucker. People aren't gonna wanna talk to you. They're not gonna wanna they're not gonna wanna break free from their chains. They're gonna not they're not gonna want to know what the fuck you're talking about they're gonna want their movies they're gonna want their screens they're gonna want their cave because those shit there's safety in them chains right yeah it's like so who so who's the real fucking slaves right who's the real fucking slaves but it's chosen (laughs) i know right it's not that's a choice. Like even Kanye West, like Kanye West, he got in big trouble for saying this. Is like slavery was a fucking choice, right? And people were like, "You motherfucker, nobody could choose. You can't." And, so, uh, and like I heard that, I'm like, "Oh, those motherfuckers! I mean, you could choose to die. You don't have to live a slave. Nobody's making you wake up and go fucking pick cotton. You can fucking die. You could choose the fucking. You could run. You could fight back." Everyone's got to die. You don't have to fucking sit there and wake up every fucking morning and go pick fucking cotton or sugar or beans. 
you have a choice. Everyone has a choice. People will choose the chains that have them shackled. That, that was the whole point of like Nat Turner's Rebellion or John Brown. Like these, these American figures. Nat Turner was a slave who tried to make a slave rebellion, right? And he went through in South Carolina and he tried to raise up all the slaves. He's like, there's more of us than there are of them. Pick up your fucking axes. Pick up your fucking picks. I don't care. Pick up your fucking fork. Let's go kill these white motherfuckers. Who's coming with me? And a bunch of them did. And hundreds of them did. And it was Nat Turner's Rebellion. And they went around and they killed a bunch of white people. Indiscriminately. And fine. That's fucking war. And as Americans, we understand war, right? Because yeah. we did it to the fucking Indians. Right. Right? And, th and that, that was a motherfucker saying, I'm fucking done. I choose to live. And I choose to die as a free man. Right? Yeah. But most, and then, and then what happened after that? Like, the other slaves in there, they didn't rise up. They liked their, not that they liked it, but they didn't have, they didn't have the same passion or understanding. They didn't leave the cave in the same way that Nat Turner did. They could have been God fearing Christians, right? Or God fearing Catholics or God fearing believers of right. God that. You know, I'm, that would be committing suicide. And in the Bible, it says you're going to go to hell if you do that. Right. So even maybe even like I I believe in God. But, you know, maybe even religion is, is the same type as a, is a type of cave to keep people in chains. Remember where we left off? Oh, we're in. Going right now. We're going. Yeah, I remember. That was okay. The th the thing is, is what I see is that there's a lot of talking past each other and not talking to each other. Yeah. And I think it's very worrisome. And I just, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not interested in people who agree with me. Like, like besides my friends. Like, my friends and we have... Well, even then. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. And that's, and that's the whole thing. It's like, we, we have to get to a point as, uh, uh, in society... To where we can see the other person's viewpoint. And we can understand where the other person's coming from. And not just be like, well, you're a racist. Well, you're <laughs> well, you're just a liberal. Or, or you're a MAGA. Or you support Biden. It's just like, oh my god, you're not even talking to each other. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it on my Instagram. Like, I, I post some very whatever stuff controversial <laughs> it was not controversial to me. it is controversial though it and is. it's controversial to perspective yeah of a left versus right well it's it's interesting about my instagrams like people are like i have people on the right there's like what are you a fucking liberal now <laughs> i just laugh i'm like if you think that then i'm doing my job because you're forcing them to think right 
because I'm 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 neither liberal nor conservative. Like I just I'm looking at the most the the dominant cave mentality of society and be like, yo, these are the chains. Well, the, the latest thing that I've heard, and I don't listen to the news that much, but I do listen to like talk radio in the morning, um, and I hear the latest is the Neanderthal party um, reference. Have yeah. you heard that? Yeah, from Biden. <laughs> and well, yeah, because they're like, oh, oh, you're going to lift the masses, Neanderthal. It's just like, yeah, way to, way to bring everyone together. It's just well, like, but... I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I think in life, like you're, you're constantly surrounded. You know, we have to do things right that we don't always want to do right. Work. I mean, I like working, but you know, at times like it, yeah, dude, I'd I'd love to just sit around and do stuff with my family. Play golf. Or golf. Yeah. Be Be with your family too. But, but I, I mean, honestly, like my daughter, and I'm just going to use her as a reference because I'm, I'm so fortunate that I get to spend so much time with her. And I really, like, enjoy it. And sometimes I don't think she enjoys it as much as I do, even yeah. though it's, you know, we're having a good time. And sometimes it's frustrating. I could tell for her just things that she's doing. But, like, what, what I've learned with her playing softball and the people that I've met with her softball, I've met some really, really awesome people, dude. And... um. I'm so fortunate in in that respect because I found through it is surrounding myself with positive people and positive mindset. And, you know, not all of us have the same perspectives, Yeah. you know, but it's that positive, right? It goes back to Gloria Allred, you know? <laughs> Gloria Allred, dude. <laughs> But but you but you see what I'm saying like I do it, it's it's something that um, you know you can gravitate towards anything in life you can gravitate towards negativity and guess what you're gonna manifest negative things mm-hmm. right or you can go and and shoot for the stars man be positive go hey you know that didn't work out how I wanted to and then c- come up with a new game plan but a lot of times like we don't rebound as quick as we want to and. You know what was the expectation? Well, maybe you didn't have an expectation. So what what are you what are you comparing it to, right? But if your mentality is going, hey, I'm gonna rebound every single time with something positive, your outcome is gonna end up positive, and you can reflect on it and grow from it. Yeah. And I don't think that we're reflecting and growing. We're looking at the history as something negative. And we can't take ourselves out of the present to reflect on the past and understand what it was like living in the past and what were those times like. So we we are completely disillusioned from what was reality, what is reality, and what is going to be reality. And nobody can look that far in the future because they're right here in front of them. We're only seeing a narrow narrow vision. You're short-sighted. And and unfortunately, our society is going to end up short-sighted. And in the end... You've got to look forward to, to seeing those, the problems arise so that you can have a game plan. And then going back to what I was saying, just I'm, I'm super fortunate. I'm surrounded by really positive people. Yourself is one of them. Domalski, you know, all of our good friends. I'm, I'm really, really, like, very happy, you know. And, and you played with Melissa. When we golf with Melissa, it is amazing how positive 
she is through everything. You know, and, and dude, she could quickly turn and like give you some shit, like, you know, put you in check. And at the same time, like, she can also be like, hey, you know, like, question, what, what do you got to do? You know? Yeah. You got this. You, th- I've seen you do this before. You know, you got a beautiful swing. You know, what? Go up and down. Let's move on to the next hole. Just, just that hanging around people like that. I'm so lucky that I have around us and around ourselves and it's like getting through life and I, I think that we all need to start taking a, a different perspective you know yeah. not looking at like oh I can't believe this is happening I can't what are you going to do about to, to change it well you know, are you, you just going to sit there and complain about it or are you going to go, go do something about it you know yeah. Jen my wife she's constantly involved in all these different programs trying to make everything better and dude she is amazing like she went from saving the kids in North Korea to the trafficking to this and that and she's so involved in all these different things I don't even know what's going on but she she finds it and then gets really involved with it and she's trying to make a difference her she stepped up into this coaching thing I have never seen anything be more organized in uh, rec sports is what she's put together. Recreationally, yeah. Dude, she has like a full-on time schedule for these kids. And I'm telling you, like, it's amazing because I show up, I get to go do what she asked me to do, and it's over before I even know it. And I don't like it being over. (laughs) You know, like... I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting started. I did my stations with the kids, and then the next thing you know, they're gone and they're doing something else, and I'm breaking it down, and it's like everything is moving so fluidly, and it's so well-planned, and it's like it's almost like fun, you know, and all these little kids are loving it, and it's like, man, you know, and I'm, I'm like I, going back to it, dude, I'm just so lucky I'm surrounded by people like that that have positive, and they're not letting anything negative get to them, and one thing, dude, is... is your perspective on life, it needs to be positive. You know, and I think that we just not need to start, like, stop trying to find something wrong so that we have something to complain about and start trying to find stuff that's good and running with it. You know, and going, hey, man, you know, wow, you, you know, you, I like what you did that today. Or, you know, just maybe try to start throwing out compliments. You know, start changing the stigma of society. Yeah. I don't know if I got a little off base there, but it's just something I felt like was tying into what we're talking about. And it's, it goes back to that perspective, dude. Like it is huge to have a good positive perspective and not let things just hold you back. It is. It's a hundred percent like important and significant and everything like that's surrounding yourself with positive people, having a positive outlook. Yeah, I just feel that negativity manifests negativity and optimism gives you hope and pushes you towards trying to get better. You yeah. Know? But, if, but if you're negative about it, you've, you've already limited your goals. Yeah. But if you're optimistic, your goals are unlimited. You have zero ceiling to what your potential could be. See, so in, the, in this respect, I think you are, you are like the eternal optimist. <laughs> really? Yeah, Gloria Allred did. And I'm like the I'm like an eternal pessimist. 
Hmm. Not not like in my everyday, like I, I treat people with respect. I'm like, I don't. Absolutely, you treat people with respect. And I try to be respectful and, and, and kind and treat others as I would want to be treated. That's everyday rule of mine. And I fall short of it and I own it and I come back and I try to make up for it. You know what I mean? Right. But I just, I cannot help but seeing this path and, and seeing, you know, to go back to what we were talking about, like the, the, the writing on the cave wall, not that I've left the cave or like seen the light or anything, but just being like, yo, this is, this is fucked up. I don't like it. You don't like the writing on the wall or you don't like the light that's outside the cave? No, I don't like the writing on the wall. I don't like the, I don't like the chains. I don't I don't like to see the like King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Daniel, come tell me what this is. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't wanna know. No, I need to know. No, you don't wanna know. I just don't fucking I don't know. I I uh Well, we got another week till we can see what's out in front of us. Yeah. A little, little bit of a different podcast this time. I think it's always going to take a turn, right? We, we, we discussed that it was going to be what... To, last week was about golf. This week was about... Um, Whatever the fuck this I don't was even about. remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just think it's it's nice to talk and, you know, um, air out some different ideas and different perspectives, you know, some some things to reflect on for both of us. You know, and if anyone else can, you know, enjoy it and take from it for what it was, and yeah, we got lucky, and uh, or if uh, anybody has topics or whatever, send it. Send the it. The old tactician. As soon as uh, we find a medium to put this on. <laughs> yeah, right now it's just me and him listening to it. So yeah. <laughs> If we ever get a chance, figure it out. Um, but thanks for listening this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Russell and Steven. If this is something that you're interested in, check us out every week. We're going to be coming up with new ones just talking about life. Really appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to hearing from your feedback. Check us out on our feed, The Old Tactician, for now. And um, as everything gets updated, we'll figure it out. Once again, thanks again. You guys have a great week. The music and uh, production is provided by Steven Spagnoli, and uh, he'll figure it out as we go along. Thanks a lot.